welcome to the Speaking of Women's Health podcast. I'm Dr. Thacker, and I am so glad to be back in the Sunflower House. And joining me on this very special episode is a good friend and a wonderful woman, mom, and uh, person, Lisa Sturmack Margolis. Welcome, Lisa. It's so great to see you. It's great to see you, Dr. Thacker. So let me tell you a little bit about Lisa Sturmack Margolis and why we have her on this show, because here we are in the midst of the holiday season, and I know it can be so overwhelming to so many people, and really the meaning of the season is love and gratitude and kind of giving back and thinking outside yourself. And so when I think of people who kind of embody that, I think about Lisa. She grew up in Wycliffe, Ohio, right here in Northeast Ohio, where our Sunflower House is located, uh, with her parents and three siblings. She went to college and graduated from Bowling Green State University, and she's been married to her husband, Ron, for 32 years. So my granddaughter, Artemis, calls him Uncle Ron, and Artemis calls Lisa Kumalisa, her most favorite fairy godmother ever. (laughs) So Lisa is the mom of two grown children, uh, Her husband's daughter, Diane, who's a lawyer, she adopted and raised, and Diane is an assistant dean of Cincinnati Law School. And then uh, she and her husband had their son, Jacob, who is also an attorney, runs in the family, a public defender in downtown Cleveland. And her husband has been a lawyer for many years and works at Hot Margolis and Leak in downtown Cleveland. And she worked until she had her son 28 years ago, and then she became a very happy stay-at-home mom. And I know we have a lot of stay-at-home moms in our uh, audience, many of our uh, speaking of women's health people, and I think that stay-at-home moms are so important for the family and the community, and she's done so much in the realm of giving back to the community. And that's really what this focus is in this holiday season in terms of giving back. So tell us, Kumalisa, how did you become involved as a fundraiser? I really was more roped in than became involved. My <laughs> best, <laughs> with, the, with the nice rope. Uh, my best friend from when we were four years old, Christy Serino LaPaglia, and is a teacher and now a principal of a school, one of a kind, school for um, strictly children with autism. And 18 years ago, when she was a teacher, she called me and said, I have good news and bad news. And I said, great, what's the good news? She said, the good news is I want to take my students to Disney World. And back then, you really didn't even take your children that had autism to a restaurant because they were stared at and I hate the word judged, but they were stared at. They were judged. They were told to leave. And so she wanted to um, have them be productive and meaningful people in society. And I said, well, that's great. I'm thinking to myself, how the heck is she going to do that? And um, I said, okay, well, what's the bad news? And she said, well, bad news is you have to throw a fundraiser Um, event so that we can raise enough money to take all of the students and one parent each to Disney. And I said, oh, I got that piece of cake. I can throw a party like no one else. So there you have it. So there was my friend Christy and I and 
um, a bunch of volunteers, Pam Patchinger, who has twin daughters that have autism, and she's super mom. And just a whole bunch of us got together, and um, so Share a Vision was the, the name of the 501c3, and it was a success. We made enough money with their gala to send the kids to Disney with their parents, and they've been going ever since. They swim with the dolphins, they go to Disney. Um, it now involves not only just children with autism, but special needs, and it's just a screaming success, and she's a powerhouse, and I was just the one with, literally at that point in time, I had little tiny aisles. It was a fire hazard going through my house because it was completely filled with baskets from all the volunteers going and getting just local donations. I took everything apart and put it together, and and that was kind of that. Then I um, spent several years as a chair for hemophilia, uh, Northern Ohio Hemophilia Foundation, and then I, I've, I've probably done probably 40 galas and maybe 30, 40 golf outings. I don't know. I don't keep track. But it's been 18 years. Wow. I, I remember going to some of the hemophilia fundraisers, you know, the black and blue ball. Um, and it's so important for the community to come together and, and support uh, these these issues. Um, so tell us some of the current charities that you're involved with right now. My main charity that I've been focusing on for the uh, last nine years Although I do, I do all of them, you know, interspersed. I help wherever I'm needed. I can honestly tell you, I've never said no to anybody when they've asked for, for my help or come up to me on a golf course when I'm throwing a, assisting and throwing a golf outing, and and say, are you Lisa Margolis? And I say, yeah. And one guy Chuck said to me, I really need help. I said, oh, and he said, yeah. I'm, you know, with Stephanie Schaefer, we're doing a head injury, um gala uh, golf outing for um, head injuries for uh, Metro Health. And I said, oh, of course I'd be happy to help. When is it? And he said, in four weeks. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, we should run up to the clubhouse right now. Right now. Um, so anyway, I, I, you know, have done just, that's kind of how things happen. And lupus, the same thing. Someone just said, hey, I know who you are. Can you help out with lupus? And can't I can't possibly name them all, but my niece had um, osteosarcoma. Her name was Riley Pearson, and she got a wish from Make a Wish, and it just changed her last couple years of her life. She was diagnosed when she was thirteen, and she died a month after she turned seventeen, and she couldn't walk on her own. Long story, but Make a Wish did a basement redo for her and made her an amazing girl cave. Oh, and how cool. I saw the difference that it made in her life was so profound that I said, I know I need to focus my donors and my help always on Make-A-Wish. I'll always help anyone that needs it. But Make-A-Wish is my love, and I've had so many Make-A-Wish kids that, that I go and see, uh, you know, and, and help grant their wishes, and it's it's just rewarding. Um, and a lot of the kids don't make it. But I always say, people say to me, how can you do this? How can you see this over and over? And I say, how can you not? How can you not do it? How can you not do it? I do it because I can. I buried my niece. I can do anything. Just that. <laughs> so um, so that's my, my main focus is make a wish. And 
as you know right now, focusing on Thanksgiving, a girlfriend, my friend Dawn and I and, and some other volunteers, our girls get together and cook and the boys deliver and we feed 250 people in need shut-ins for Thanksgiving Day. So that's been making me lose sleep over the last week, but we've been doing that for nine years and we wow. just love it. That is yeah, no one, so... No one is turned down. Policemen, dispatchers, if you're stuck in your house, you get food. And it's all uh, homemade, every stitch of it, even the cranberry sauce. <laughs> that is great. That's right. We are taping this. You are listening to the Speaking of Women's Health podcast. And I am your host, Dr. Holly Thacker, the Executive Director of Speaking of Women's Health. And we are speaking with an incredible fairy godmother to so many people children with cancer, uh, people in the community uh, wanting to um, raise money for their important events and nonprofit, and that's Lisa Sturmack-Margolis, and she's the mom of two adult children, and we're taping this right around Thanksgiving, and uh, she's getting together over 250 meals to feed people. Um in fact, one of my uh, donors to Speaking of Women's Health is very involved with the food bank, and I hope to have her on the show because at this time in the holidays, it's really important to not just focus on yourself or the material aspects of life and to really think about giving back. Um, so I know that you have a life motto, uh, Lisa, and, and what would you share that that motto is? We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. You know, I, I, when I very first started doing this um, with Christy, um, I, I, somebody said to me, you should get business cards because I was talking to so many different people. And after I saw how this fundraiser went off and how these kids were just berserk excited um, to go to Disney and, and the thought of them never having had a, a teacher like my friend Christy that would have the thought to do this. I thought, why, why don't we just try and uplift everyone we can? And my mother always says to me, Lisa, you can't save the world. And I say, I know, but I can try. So I got my business cards, and the motto on the back was enhance the lives and the dignity of all. And I truly mean all. Um, I only have so many hours in the day, but I mean what I say because I can honestly tell you I've never turned anyone down when they've asked for my help for a charity. It's just... I don't have it in me to say no. I'm blessed to not have to have a full-time job. But my sister Lynn always says to me, you're the busiest person I know without a paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I have a job. I just don't have a place where they keep my paycheck, which is fine. (laughs) My husband works and he supports me 10,000%. So that is just so wonderful. And that is so important. Uh, for us to have people that give back and and elevate 
the dignity for all. And that certainly fits in with our motto to be strong and be healthy and, and be in charge. And even though our nonprofit speaking of women's health mainly focuses on midlife women, I mean, women are really the glue for the whole community. And we do have information on our speaking of women's health.com site on lots of different topics besides just the classic um, midlife women's health topics. We have information on children's health, on autism. I hope to be doing a podcast uh, maybe for season two of our Speaking of Women's Health next year with my son Stetson, who's Artemis's father. He's a PhD in molecular medicine and cancer genetics, and he's done some uh, research particularly in neurodevelopment problems, including um autism. And it's so nice that there's so much more acceptance and resources in the community for for children uh, with autism. I know the Cleveland Clinic um, has an autism school and has been very involved in that area. And um, we also have uh, topics uh, on men's health because a lot of times women are the ones that organize their husband's health. So if you don't already subscribe to our newsletter, speakingofwomenshealth.com, please subscribe. And if you're not someone for uh, uh, email, we're also on all the social uh, media channels. So um, in terms of fundraising, galas are obviously fun and I've seen you in such beautiful uh, gowns and of course you know and my audience knows how much I love golf so any golf outing charities you're having please let me and my husband know because Be careful, I, love- Dr. Packer, I will sign you up <laughs> yes 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 you will and um, you know I of course was f- friends with you um, when you were going through um all the ups and the downs, um, and supporting uh, Riley and your sister. And I know Riley wrote a book, didn't she, to help children who were undergoing chemotherapy? Yes, and actually she was 13 when she wrote it, and it's called Home Sweet Hospital. Um, Riley had 52 weeks of inpatient chemo, so we would have to take her in on Monday morning, and she'd be there until Friday for 52 weeks. So wow. we... Yeah, yeah, it was it was something. Um, God bless the nurses is all I have to say, and, and her doctors and everybody. God knows they tried, they tried. It just wasn't meant to be for, for her to, to get better and, and to stay alive. But with her book, she's impacted so many people. Home Sweet Hospital um, starts off with her saying, um, if you've never prayed before, it's okay to start now. And she gives the whole cancer treatment and the chemo and shaving her own head and all of that, you know, at 13. And she goes through the book. It's a very tiny book. And it's just meant to help other kids that are at this inpatient state. But it's ended up helping so many adult women that there have been adult women that she would talk to on the phone about losing their hair. And I mean, if you if you're our age and we lose our hair, that's one thing. When you're 13 and you lose your hair, you know that's another. It's one of the reasons I have this crazy long hair is because teenage girls with alopecia don't want short hair wigs. They need a permanent fix, so I grow it to 18 inches and cut it off and grow it and cut it up. People say, "Why do you cut that beautiful hair?" I donate the hair because it's beautiful. So it's a different way to look at the same question. 
it's not to be rude and say, why are you asking me that? It's say, <laughs> if you got it, share it, right? And it's going to go exactly. back. Exactly. are not going to grow their hair back. So Yeah, ha- hair uh, is so important to... Uh, to women. In fact, I think our most listened to podcast is the one I did on hair thinning. And I remember seeing you after one time when you had your hair cut short, which I thought was cute. I think all different hairstyles on women are fun. And uh, I was just so impressed. Um, one, that you could grow that much hair. I never have been able to grow hair long. And that two, most importantly, that you actually were thinking outside yourself and donating because obviously real hair uh, wigs are just so yeah. much more comfortable yeah. for women. Uh, and the thing is, people can't, you know, you can't have um, bleached hair. So a lot of people want to donate their hair, but they've been in chlorine, you know, in, in pools, or they've put, you know, highlights in their hair, and then you can't tie it. So oh. mine is just, mine's just brown. It's brown, <laughs> and that's all. But they can turn it into any color for the wigs. So, see, I get off track. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I mean, hair is so um, interesting. Last year when I was getting Artemis's Halloween costume uh, for Elsa, the, the frozen princess, um, I said, oh, we need to get this little hair piece. And she is just loves it and she just wears it. And so even from a very, very young age, I mean, that is just an integral part of a lot of people's um, – personalities and of course you know she loves the whole princess thing and you came up with that idea of us going to the princess <laughs> brunch and we we I'll have to post a picture of us um on our social media on on Facebook uh when you and I have our uh, queen crowns on and we're with Artemis <laughs> because well, one of my it, friends that, that actually covers um she's I, I asked her about you know the hair and the covering and whatever and she said women lose their hair it's so traumatic because from a very young age women associate long and beautiful hair whatever style it is as your beauty Mm -hmm. and she said so anyway covering we keep our hair very clean it's not getting all of the you know she said and the other thing is it's it's letting your husband or your immediate family see that type of beauty so hair is is extremely in my opinion extremely important in many many cultures and and obviously you know hidden revered whatever word you want to pick in in others so yeah I think you're absolutely right as usual (laughs) (laughs) so um are there in the show notes we'll include the title of Riley's book and um are there any other um social media if somebody wants to contact you to to, to help fund Make-A-Wish or get involved or volunteer or uh, figure out how they can give back to their community? Um, how can someone reach you? Well, they can reach uh, me at Lisa Sturmack. It's Lisa, Lisa, Sturmack, S-T-R-M-A-C. And that's on Facebook. They can send me a message. Uh, they can reach Make-A-Wish for anything through me on social media as well um oki.wish.org is our local make-a-wish and if you have an interest in supporting children with autism and special needs um that you can either contact me again lisa sturmack through facebook or um shareavision.org is the name of christy serena lapalia's and friends 
obviously don't mean to leave everyone out, but I can't name the whole board. Sharevision.org. <laughs> uh, and Sharevision has a fabulous gala. If anybody's interested in donating or coming every year, it's um, themes are the 20s. This coming year in March is a 70s theme. And it's a ton of fun. And they have the most original prizes. And they they just do it right every year. So if you're into a gala in March, we have Share Vision. In April, we have Make-A-Wish. And then in May is Believe in Dreams, which supports some um, children from um, needy homes and and the, um, and the like, mostly um, – surrounded surrounding areas of Cleveland and that's believe in dreams. So I'll have, um, I'll have lots of galas for anyone who wants to come in the spring. Well, that is great. Well, we'll get some of that information up on our show notes. I know the spring is a particularly busy time for you. Um, and so how does being involved in philanthropic efforts make you feel for someone who maybe hasn't even thought about doing that? What has been like the benefits for you personally? The benefit for me personally is, is seeing the kids. I'm, I would have had 10 kids if I could. I was a nanny when I was growing up, and I had six-week-old twins, a four-year-old and a five-year-old when I was 14, 15 years old. So it, I just every, everything is about the children, and everybody can pick their, their own charity, and a lot of people have dogs or you know animals or this or that. Mine is, is just kids. It makes me feel grateful to my husband that I can do this. It makes me feel, and I hate the word, makes me feel blessed, but blessed and lucky and grateful and everything else that I have the capacity to do it because I'm not, I always say my cold, dead, black heart, but part of that getting, getting, getting that attitude on is, you know, what allows you to be able to see different types of children and the struggles that their parents go through are un- un- unbelievable and it just it makes me feel honestly like I need to be able to do more I need more time because I can do more well that is so wonderful and so important and I really do think that gratitude thinking outside yourself and giving back actually improves mental health and we certainly do have a crisis of uh, uh, mental health problems in America which is you know, blessed with so much abundance on so many uh, levels. And we do have a a prior podcast on um, gratitude where we talk about uh, some of the research and some of the effects on how it actually truly does make people feel better about themselves. So with you being so busy giving so much to the community, do you have any time for any other hobbies or anything else? What do you like to do for fun? I love to cook. (laughs) I cook. My, your husband makes fun of me. I'm friends with Dr. Thacker's husband. And sometimes we have lunch and I say, okay, I have to leave. And Tom announces to the entire restaurant that Lisa has to go to the grocery store and, and make whatever her husband wants for dinner. I love I love cooking. It's absolutely um, my, my passion um, inside the home. And, of course, taking care of an elderly Great Dane is is always a challenge and you're also a canner aren't you i mean that's kind of almost a lost art isn't it yeah uh, well it's not lost on me i'm all four of my grandparents came over from croatia 
and my Bubba always canned, and I canned pickles and peppers and garlic peppers and hot peppers and beets and um, anything that doesn't walk out of my house will likely end up in a in a jar. So yeah, I love I love canning and um, keeping the old traditions alive. I do a lot of Croatian cooking, a lot of um, stuffed peppers and stuffed cabbage and um, risotto, which my sister makes the dressing for, which I can't tell you about because you would fire me as a patient. But <laughs> let's just say it's very tasty, but not very healthy. Well, that sounds yummy. Well, you'll have to maybe contribute a recipe or two to our Speaking of Women's Health. We do have recipes on Speaking of Women's Health or even just, you know, tips about canning. So we really just appreciate this so much. Thank you, Lisa Sturmack Margolis, for joining us in the Sunflower House and joining us on this episode of Speaking of Women's Health podcast. And thanks to all of our listeners. Thanks for joining us. And um, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to help support the podcast, share it with others. Donate to our nonprofit on speakingofwomenshealth.com or leave us a five-star rating to review. And if you don't listen to us on Rumble, you can actually see the people that I'm interviewing on Rumble under Speaking of Women's Health. So to catch all the latest from me, subscribe for free. Just hit follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll see you next time in the Sunflower House.